Ah, Grand Moth Tarkin, I am honored by your visit. Hey, Agents of Chaos. Agents of Chaos, what is this? Yeah, we're living. America 2019? (laughs) That should be the intro. (laughs) And it is, because it's time for Grand Moff talking. (laughs) You have to do it, right? Delicately curated, long-form discussion of the international love of Star Wars. Like a tailored in the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the loquacious yet soothing voices of your host, Riley. Ten seconds of silence. Isaac. No, he's not here. Oh. And She's Jake, that's me. He is here. Hobbs is here, your cat. Hobbs is here somewhere. Oh, he's behind you on the couch. Oh, he's, he's just good boy. He's Echo's a good boy. not here, unfortunately. Who? Echo. Oh, Echo, no. Echo he is hasn't even here. left our bed. Yeah, you never bring your cat over for a little cat date. That'd be nice. It's hard to get him in his crate. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, you know how hard it was to get the Rebels to crate, but getting my cat in his crate? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, we like to have fun on our show. And um... What would Echo buy at the grocery store? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tuna? <laughs> Yeah, I think so. He would uh, produce tears that heal wounds. Uh, we I honestly forgot we were talking about this book until you just said that. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're talking, talking about, about a really crazy book. Remember last week when we said we were talking about a book and we didn't? Yeah. Well, <laughs> one could argue we got sidetracked. Yeah. We have been on a journey as a podcast. We have. We've lost people along the way. <laughs> this series is, has taken one from us. <laughs> This is like the pioneers roaming across the plains of America. Yeah, Lewis and Clark stand aside. It's like Little House in the Prairie. Roman and like, They arrived to their new house and like half the people were new people. Yeah. By the time they got there. Well, it's been a long time since I read those books. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Your dog died at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. But I love know, when the dog dies. I mean, many Bothans die. They're basically dogs. Getting back on track with you Star can't, Wars. You can't see, but I, I did point my finger at he him. He gave me a real sassy point. Yeah. Which, hey. Give me all the sassy points. <laughs> I got some sassy points for this book. Let yeah. Me tell you what. Yeah. Look out for some sassy points coming <laughs> up because we've been on this journey. Yeah. And uh, New Jedi Order. This is a infamous series because it's the series where Chewie dies. Mm-hmm. And it was 19 books long. Mm-hmm. We're doing every one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of sinking in for me now on book four that we have. <laughs> you have 15 more to go. 15 more to go. <laughs> So many books. We're going to be sitting here 15 more times with slightly different covers on the books oh, in front of us. Boy, slightly different. Yeah, they're not that different. And uh, I think on this journey, we have hit our first speed bump. We might have. We might have. Because we've been enjoying this a lot. We've enjoyed every book so far. We have. We're like All a little three. critical of Michael Stack. Well, he's yeah. not like our favorite author in the world, but I thought the books were still really great. Yes. You know, even featuring a protagonist we didn't love. And by the way, if you're a new listener and you have not read these books or you haven't listened to our previous episodes, don't worry about it. We will recap the pertinent details here. Yes. If you want to go back, we have read so far uh, Vector Prime, Onslaught, Ruin. We're going to have like 25 25 hours of us talking about (laughs) this by the time we're done. I just Ugh. realized that just hit Do me. Do we release, and the answer is yes, a 25-hour podcast where we compile all of them together? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that. we do that. We do that. We do that. We and do so that. look forward to that a this one Christmas. one-gig download file. <laughs> like, it's going to be huge. Incredible. Wow. And, uh, by the way, another fact strikes me right now. We might have hit our 100th episode. I don't even know. Ooh, we're getting close to 100 <laughs> episodes. Close. After this, we'll count. 
Well, see, we're, here's the thing. Our numbering system is a little weird because we yeah. didn't give official numbers to some episodes early on. Yeah, for a while we did bonus episodes. Yeah, so we're going to be over 100 before we're at the official 100, which is when I think we should do our celebration at 100 in the official title. Do you think we can coax Isaac and Jasmine back for the 100th no. episode? I don't think we can. <laughs> I think we might be able to. <sighs> Maybe Jasmine. Here's what we do. We I will be shocked them. if we get Here's what we Isaac. do. We say, hey, let's get together as friends. We're not going to record. Mm. They come in. But then we do record. We have a bugged room. Oh, good idea. We don't have the table out. Like, as they come in, they're like, oh, you got something on your on your lapel. And then I, I, and then I stick a <laughs> microphone on it. <laughs> and then you put, like, one of those dog cones on it so they can't look down. You're like, yep. oh, you got something on your neck. Just in case it's like, <laughs> I'm going to put this on you so you can't look down and see the thing on your lapel I just put there. Yep. And then we are just, like, we're having fun, playing games and, like, chatting. Yep. And then we're like, man, wasn't it fun we all did that podcast together? We reminisce for, like... 45 minutes. Yeah. We released the secret audio as a download. We could do it. The secret 100th episode. I think the biggest flaw in this whole plan is getting um, Jasmine and Isaac to hang out with us in any capacity. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I've hung out with Isaac since he quit the show. I haven't. you? I haven't. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, we're still friends. Um, do you think it was you? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think now it's clear <laughs> that it was me <laughs> who chased Isaac away. I don't think so. <laughs> But anyway, we've read a lot of these books. Let's recap the pertinent details. I'd say we've read four of them. We've read four. And here's what I want to do. Okay. Is I want to keep a running page count. Oh. How many pages we've read? A lot. Good good call. Because this book is 352 pages. I bet they're all around there. They're all around there. I think Vector Prime is a little longer. Yeah. Like 400. Four something. That's a little, too many pages of Star <laughs> Wars so far. Pages. And we got 15 more books to go. No! <gasps> And we'll keep a lip it. counter, of course. Love course. Yep. Love course. Love course. That'd be a good romantic comedy name. Like love course. The sequel to Love Actually, Love course. <laughs> we're just, we're dreading mm. getting into this book. Okay. Yeah, we are. Hey, I've heard of Dreadnoughts, but this is ridiculous. Um, I would say the main trajectory of the series is, it's an invasion story. Mm. It's Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. There are mysterious aliens from another galaxy you've heard of a galaxy far far away this one's far 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 away. farther farther away yeah and they are weird they can i believe assimilate human form they can disguise yes, themselves they've as got like weird bug creatures called ooglith masks ooglith masks masks, masks that can make them look like humans. Yeah, they have Mission Impossible masks to make them look like humans. But it's like a full body skin suit that crawls onto them. Oh, that makes the, them look human. It's the sneaking suit from Metal Gear Solid Four. Just imagine yes. that. In Just your imagine head. that everyone you have an clearly knows. What everyone you're knows about the sneaking suit in Metal Gear Solid Four. Never played a Metal Gear Octo game. Octo Camo. Uh, and they're invading. They're disguising themselves as human, and nobody knows what they want. Yeah. All we know is that they're throwing planets into Chewbacca's face. True. They did <laughs> throw a planet right on top of Chewbacca. It was very Thanos-like. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chewbacca said, if you throw another moon at me, I swear to God. It was real funny. Yeah. And then he snapped. <laughs> snapped. Um, Zavang, War Master Zavang Law snapped. Zavang La La Land snapped. <laughs> uh, so, so far, the series has really been focused on the solo kids. Yeah. and And it is kind of their series. It's like, kind of they're in series. every book. Yeah, they're kind of the protagonists of this. For the first three, that was a true statement. What you just said. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the solo kids, by the way, if you have not read a Star Wars book, you might not even know this. Yeah, Han Solo 
and Leia Organa got busy. <laughs> At least twice. At least twice, because they had twins. Yep. Jason and Jaina. And then they're like, hey, why not one more? One more. And there's Anakin. And yep. that's how you could describe Anakin, is one more. One more. Here's another one. He's another one. Jason and Jaina, fully formed characters with their own voices and character arcs. And there's one more. No, Anakin does. <laughs> in this series, Anakin has no, an he arc. does. Up until this point, Anakin has been a nothing character. Yeah. In, in the Star Wars canon. But now, he but in this finally series, becomes a person. Somebody was like, hey, wait a minute. Why did we even do this? Maybe you can tell me this. At what point does Anakin uh, get born? At what point does Anakin get born? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, and I phrased it exactly phrased how I wanted to. Phrased the best way possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's 14 at the start of this series, right? I'm telling, like, in what book? Like, what story oh, arc no results idea. in Anakin? <laughs> I have no being idea. Born? I know she's pregnant, and um, she's pregnant with the twins and during in the Thrawn, the Thrawn stuff. That's the whole reason why Sabaoth wants her. I don't know. I don't know when Anakin, uh, like what. Where he shows up, where they find out she's pregnant with Anakin. I, don't, I think he was I don't a surprise, Anakin. Yeah. I think he was an oopsie. Could be. Maybe it doesn't happen in a book. Maybe it's just like the, the Young Jedi Knight series started, and they're like, we want them to have a third kid. I don't know. <laughs> Weird that they did that because he's barely in it. Yeah, I don't know. Wouldn't it be great if we had some random kid we could occasionally refer to as existing? But anyway, <laughs> there's three solo kids. They're kind yeah. of the main stars. Mm-hmm. There's this invasion story. Yuzhan Vong are the name of the aliens. And they hate technology. They hate it. Give them a computer. No. They, no. They, they throw don't it want away. It. Give smash them it a up. calculator. Smash it up. Put it in the blender. Mm-hmm. Give them a. What about like a Nintendo Switch? Well, they, uh, who was going to turn it down? They might like that. They might like nice. That's the one thing. Give them a like. PlayStation. No. They'll punt it across yeah. the room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so they hate technology. Everything they do uh, is organic. Yeah. All that's, they're that's like. How I wanted to say it. All of their space technology is like are like things that they have grown yes. to work in space and things they, like that, which is kind of cool. They grow their because ships. Because we have like we have species in Star Wars that survive in space, so it's not mm-hmm. like completely far-fetched beyond the things that Star Wars has already done. Like you got this space slug in Empire, yeah. and you've got the whales and rebels. And At like, one point in one of these earlier Minox. books, they compare uh, a Yuzhan Vong in its ship to a uh, human riding a Tauntaun. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an interesting comparison. Just, yeah. So just at, at listeners at home, think to yourself, obviously you're thinking Octocamo from Microsoft 4. Obviously. And obviously on top of that, add the episode of Bowser Galactica where Starbuck crashes and realizes that the uh, oh, Cylon yeah. ships are organic. Are like she has to like, manipulate its organs to fly. That one's kind of cool. It's you know a cool I mean. episode. And so the <laughs> we've read a lot of books. Yeah. Chewie dies in the first one. Yeah, right off the bat, you know the stakes are high. And usually what you want to do in a series is like if a main character's best friend dies, you address it three books later. <laughs> when they, the reader has they, moved on. They sort of address it. And like Han does not have a presence in book two or three. Like no. he shows up for a little bit. He doesn't get presence in books two or he three. He doesn't. He really doesn't. He does get presence in this book, however. He gets a nice present that really helps him out in the he, end. Yes, he does. But he, uh, he, they don't really address it because, like, Han is not a, a very much of a character in those books. Like, he's off being sad. Anytime he shows up, he's just like drunk. He's smoking he's got a, a beard cigarette, growing, and he looks like scruffier. He's than got normal. Like, he is laying in a green fuzzy armchair. Yeah, his legs are sprawled out. Pretty much, he has acne on he's the inside like of his a thighs. Huge belly. Yeah, like, he he kind of is. He looks just... like Alec Baldwin in Cat in the Hat. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> 
But this is finally the first book where I'd say Han is probably the main character of this book. Not even probably. Yeah, like definitively, this is, this this is, is Han's a, book. This should be called New Jedi Order: Han Solo of Chaos, Han Solo's Trial by James Solo. But it's not. It's, it's not. called <laughs> Star Wars: New Jedi Order: Agents of Chaos, One Hero's Trial. Yeah, which is a bad title by James Lucino. By James, well, yeah, by James Lucario, and My this is the thing. One. In this 19-book series, although generally speaking, when you read a series, you think, oh, this is the fourth book. I should probably read the first three first. They're trying to trick you. Mm -hmm. The writers here at Del Rey. And they're saying, no, 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 this is the first book. Yeah. Not true. Not true. Don't lie to me. It's the fourth book. This is the fourth if book. If you're being truthful. Yeah. I, I, it's the lying that's the problem. <laughs> So how do we do this? Well, we start with the author, right? Because yeah. I made a weird theme, the most esoteric theme I've made yet. It was who was that author? It was um, uh, I Ray, Ray Bradbury. It. Okay, I recognize <laughs> that quote because it's a famous quote. I yeah. think. Girl, I was just like, I like Ray Bradbury. <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah, yeah. Him talking over this weird music. I like recognize that speech. That it's great. Okay, so let's play the talk about the author theme. <laughs> Now, these build all kinds of tensions for us. So what I try to do is go to my typewriter and many days experiment with words to find out what my tension is. Do I need to laugh or cry on a particular day? I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. All because you dared to put on paper. You didn't even know the story was in you. But you go with it. There it was. Um, Very... Where it really fits with the Star Wars theme well. An author who quit writing before Star Wars even came out. <laughs> he may have inspired George Lucas a little bit. It's true. Um, I, I think we should, though, play the... Before we talk about the author theme. <laughs> you need to jump in a pit. Okay. <laughs> but because I think we should give a brief overview of what this book is. Yeah. Because basically, I think we can simply recap this book by saying that uh, Han Solo is sad. Han Solo is sad. You know Han Solo is trying to find somebody who is defected to the Yuzhen Vong. That's kind of what the plot yeah, is. Yeah, what, right? you, what you find is the Yuzhen Vong is invading force. Some people are defecting, and they're yeah. saying, I, for one, welcome our new insect overlords. Like, yeah. Uh, Ken Brockman said in The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, so Han Solo, he's out for revenge. Yeah. Think yes. of when Captain America became sad and became nomad. And grew a beard. This is so sad. <laughs> and nomad. So mad. Han so mad. Han so mad. Oscar's so mad. No sad. No sad. So this Han Solo's sad. He's like, I'm going to go out and be a nomad for a little bit. Yeah. And get revenge. Him and Leia, their relationship's very rocky in this book. Ooh, yeah. And not Just, the movies. That's kind of upsetting to see, honestly. Yeah. And, uh, in a good way. It's like one of the highlights to me is that, it, that Han and Leia are kind of on the rocks. Agreed. Because Han's kind of being a butthole. So, yeah. So Han Solo's out looking for defectors to the Yuzhen Vong. He ends up punching some people. Mm-hmm. Making Ooh. some friends Ooh, along the way. Can't yeah. wait to talk wait about, to hear about the person he punches. Ooh. Oh, man. It might not even be a humanoid. Mm. Might be an Ithorian. No, it is a humanoid. Oh. But it oh, might not, yeah. But yeah, it yeah. might not be a human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> My bad. Um, okay, now we can talk about now the author. Now we can talk about the author. So the author of this book. Play the book, theme again. <laughs> yeah. So we, we talked about last time. The person who wrote the last two books was Michael Stackpole. Yes. Michael A. Stackpole. Michael A. Stackpole. <laughs> now- 
R. Salvatore <laughs> wrote the first one. <laughs> and I think we should keep a running order of like our rankings of our favorites yes. um, as we go along, by the way. But Good I idea. We would, would we both agree that Vector Prime is our favorite so far? Yeah. Salvatore is the more solid writer for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would say Vector Prime is my favorite. Mm-hmm. The previous one we read, Dark yes. Tide Ruin, Ruin is better is than my Onslaught. second favorite. Yeah. Onslaught, my third favorite. Yeah. Now here we arrive Uh-oh. at the fourth book in the series. And it fits so snugly in fourth place. It's, it's definitely the um, worst we've read so far. Actually, I'm gonna be controversial. I think this is my third favorite of the four. Oh really? Onslaught is worse, you think? I think Onslaught just nothing happens in it. Onslaught is very there was slow no and boring. need for Onslaught to exist. Kind nothing. You could have started at Ruin. You yeah. really could have. Yeah. Just combine the best parts of Onslaught and Ruin, and you got yourself a book. Hey. Um, and I, I wonder always, if we'll find the I same thing say. about Agents of Chaos. We always say that. <laughs> we always say that. Hopefully, I'm really hoping for Agents of Chaos 2 to be better. We're both rooting for it here on Because the here's the thing. Yeah. J- James Lucino, we have not said the author yet. James Lucario. James Lucino. <laughs> I'm not going Lucino with Lucino from Smash. He also writes the very final New Jedi Order book. Uh-oh. So I'm so I'm really rooting for Agents of Chaos Chaos 2 to blow me out yeah. of the water cuz I want this series to end strongly. Yeah. And if this book is any indication, I'm not I'm not hopeful for future James Lucino books. Uh-oh. I'll give you my hot take on on James Lucino. Luceno. I don't know, it might be Luceno. I, I don't know, know how you say it. I'm going to call him James Lucario. Okay. James Lucario. Um when we talked about Michael Stackpole who wrote the last two books, we said that he's so good at pacing and action. Yes. Uh, but his dialogue is really lacking. And I feel like James Lucario is the exact opposite of Michael Stackpole, where I feel like his dialogue is phenomenal. Oh. I think he captures the voice of Han Solo better than a lot of people. Oh, no. I have some good uh, oh, passages, no. I think. I think we're going to disagree really? on this book, and I'm really excited about I this. I was impressed with his dialogue. I think yeah. his dialogue is what I want from a Han Solo story. Okay. It's, he you know, really I'll- captures the... And, and I and I will say, specifically in the Han Solo segments of the book, because there are other segments of the book. I think anytime he deals with um, Jedi speaking, I hate it. Uh, but, I, but I will yes. totally... I will agree with you on the Han Solo parts of this yes. book feeling natural. I think he is really great at nailing Han Solo's... Um, you know, smuggler, wise guy. Uh, mm-hmm. He's kind of always got like that wry, like sarcastic smile. And that, you, and that comes across in the Han Solo dialogue. That kind of incredible like back and forth that you get from Han and Leia in Empire. Lucino does a really great job of capturing that yeah. flavor of Han. He'll like throw in a sweetheart every once in a while. And you can hear Harrison Ford sarcastically saying sweetheart. He has so many and good- then the, And then yeah. the next line is like Leia also saying sweetheart. But yeah. like you can tell that she is also like throwing that back yeah. at him because she can sense the sarcasm. Yeah. So Things I, like that are good. When he writes like our main characters, he does a great job and uh, it, it feels really Star Wars-y. Other places not so great. I, I think just the storytelling is not awesome in this book. I'm like, what no. is this? It's another one that feels like I'm, I'm not sure this is this is something we needed to know. We didn't need to yeah, know what no. happened in this book. No, um, there are moments that I really like that mm-hmm. yeah. are kind of dealing with fallout from previous books. And yeah. when it comes to 
the actual stuff happening in this book, it's kind of like, I don't need to know this. It really feels superfluous. And yeah. I got to be honest, I'm a little, I'm thinking the next one's going to be the same, given <sighs> the setup at the end of this yeah, book. It's a little, it doesn't it's feel a like it's going to be great. It's going to be more Han. Maybe yeah. maybe it'll be Han doing something fun stuff. In maybe the he'll be book. with the kids. I don't know. Maybe he'll be with the kids. That'd I, be nice. They, they really take a backseat in this book. All are three, they all three kids? They take a backseat in a different car. Is Jason even in this book? Outside of Jason, men, he's mentioned at Chewbacca's funeral. I feel strongly that Jaina is on this book. Yeah, I no. There is a there's a little bit between Jaina and Han at Chewie's funeral. They get some oh, nice moments. You were right. I, I don't I, think I, that was so long ago. I forgot about this. Yeah, came from. I don't think Jason gets anything. Anakin a gets a little, little bit. bit of the funeral. Anakin and Han kind of have their reconciliation in this book, which Anakin's is nice. Anakin's in the book. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, the solo kids take a backseat, yeah, and it is sure. really firmly a Han Solo book. Yeah. Uh, featuring other people. Featuring uh, Droma. <laughs> <laughs> Droma, whoever the heck And Roa. Roa and Droma and And Elan. Roki Lamu. And Roki and Wreck. There's, a, there's some Star Wars Rack names Brack in this or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wreck Breath. They're so, on the, he's looking for Wreck. He's looking for Wreck. That's he's looking name. to get wrecked. Wreck. Um, the other big part of this, I mean, this is not a plot recap, but no. since we're talking about the focus being on Han, the other focus is on, finally, the Yuzhan Vong. Yes. The Yuzhan Vong have really been a background presence prior to this point. They get more in this book than any previous book. For yeah. Sure. Um, and everyone has kind of opened on their perspective, but this one, like, really... We get a lot of insight into their philosophy, their beliefs, and what they are doing. Yeah. And uh, guess what? It's all like the Cylons. <laughs> yeah, it's is. a holy crusade yeah. in their eyes. Um, now, we've now. talked about the author. Yes. A little uh, bit. Let, no, okay. Let I me, feel like you didn't get your full thoughts Let out. me just talk about James Lucino, because I- Talk. Not a huge fan of James Lucino. He's written a bunch of Star Wars books, and without fail, I have been a- unable to- be interested in any of the Star Wars books that he has written. And I I, I don't think he's a bad author. Um, I think he does some things really well. I think I, I, I sometimes enjoy reading his descriptions, but this book starts from the Yuzhen Vong point of view, and it is just like, it, it's kind of like it's thrown rough. out there like word vomit. Like it was so hard for me to get through the first chapter of this book. Because he's just like going into intri- intricate detail of how like a door opens on the Yuzhen Vong ship and like first exactly the curvature of this room and I'm just like I'll get a count. Don't for you. care. I feel pretty confident. Like first three pages are almost all description of just the inside yeah. of the deck of the ship that we're on. Yeah, and it's incredibly boring. And we kind of already know what they look like. Yeah. So we don't even. Really and and They're and like so perfect. then like he's got that going for him where he likes to really talk describe what's happening and 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 not in like clear cut terms like the it you know not this is also boring but he doesn't do like uh the the room was exactly 50 meters long with this and that so it's not like a technical description but he's like you walk into the room and and suddenly your countenance falls and you feel like uh <laughs> it, it's yeah. just like weird it's weird descriptions that he's i don't very, that don't appeal to me here's the thing with james lucino is he's a very good writer and he knows it and he wants to he knows a lot brag. of words he wants to tell you like yeah. hey 
guess how many know words I know. I know a lot of words. I know people. at least this many in this sentence. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna use all the words I know right here. <laughs> I'm gonna make you read them. And you're gonna you better read them because if you want to get to the actual book, you're gonna have to get through this part. But he's he's written a lot of Star Wars. He writes three books in this series. He's he wrote something called Labyrinth of Evil, which was like a prequel era book. It came out in the prequel era. That's a, I think it's an Anakin Obi Wan book oh. before Attack of the Clones, perhaps, or maybe is it after. about that nest of gun dogs. No, you know what? Labyrinth of Evil, I think, is the one that uh, comes right before Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. I feel like it ends with them going on that mission to save Palpatine. Okay, but anyways, it's a prequel era book. He wrote Tarkin. Which is one of the few books that I stopped oh, reading because boy. I was incredibly bored with Tarkin. I just never finished it. And listen, our show is called Grandma Tarkin. Yeah. So you know what I really wanted book. to like Tarkin. And, and here we I are. I could not like it. Snoozing through Tarkin. Yeah. Uh, he also did Catalyst, which was the which was a lead up to Rogue One, all about uh, Jen's parents and and Krennic. And uh, again, it's a book that was okay. It reads like a technical manual. Yeah, if it hadn't, if it hadn't had a connection to Rogue I think, One, I, I would not have read it. In there, yeah, <laughs> there are some schematics in there. So overall, he, he's just—he's not a bad writer. No, he's just not a writer that appeals to me. And that—and you'll have that. You'll have writers that just don't work for you. And he's someone that does not work for me. He really won me over at a lot of points, but like I think the dialogue, like Han Solo in this book, is written so strongly. Mm-hmm. And all of his interactions are really good. You know, since we're in the talk about the author section, let, let me let me read you a passage here. I, okay. I, I have a lot of little I'm sections excited. to read. You did. Jake did way more pre-work on this one than I did. Oh, so. my God. I have so many notes. Jake, um, is the, Jake is the boy on this one. I'm the boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the boy. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I believe it. Okay. Here's a great little snippet. And this is just Han feeling defeated. He's at the bar. And um, apparently the bartender is a... What's a a Kadruji? Is that a kind of alien? Kadruji? How's it spelled? C-O-D-R-U-J-I. I'm sure it's a thing. I don't know what it is. I'm not a true fan. I'm going to replace with alien because I don't know how to okay. replace it. And the section's good and I don't want to botch it. Han placed his hand over the top of the squarish glass to prevent the four-armed bartender from refilling it. Alcohol isn't the answer, he said. The alien studied him from behind the counter. What's the question? How do you change the past? Simple, by changing the way you remember it. Yeah, I suppose I could get my memory wiped. The bartender nodded in understanding. Another whiskey and you'll be well on your way. Han ran his hand over his stubbled jaw, then shook his head to nowhere. The bartender shrugged. Suit yourself, pal. And it's just really good, like, I got the answer. What's the question? Mm-hmm. How do you change that's the past? That's some good, like, Simple, by changing the way you remember it. It's that's like, some good noir dialogue. It's like, oh, like really good. Yeah. That, like, mm-hmm. I love that kind of dialogue. Yeah. And, like, just where every statement cleverly leads into the next. And this yeah. book is full of that stuff with Han Solo. So, anytime it was Han just chatting with somebody, yeah. I was like, Man, James Luzano is capable of some really good writing. And anytime the story had to do some storytelling, it yeah. was like, what? The the Luke and Mara stuff in this book had me more checked out than I've what ever been checked out in a Star Wars book. Fart that turned bah. out to be. 
not good. Even even the way, like for how much he nails Harrison Ford speaking, yeah, he does not get Mara Jade how she should be written, and she is she is awful in this book. Not like not that she is awful, but just like the way like she gets nothing to do in this book. First of all, I'm hoping that changes in the next one because yeah. her her disease might be cured at the end of this book. Considering Mara Jade is so crucial to the plot, she's barely yeah. in it. It doesn't yeah. say anything in like the, like. The book starts with, like, it's calling its shot right off the bat. Like, did you like Mara Jade? Too bad, because it starts with, like, Chewie's funeral, and it makes the point, like, uh, Mara had a relapse. She's back on Coruscant. She didn't come for the funeral. Yeah. like, oh, okay, so she's just not here in this book? Okay. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, We couldn't get the actress playing Mara Jade. She's (laughs) busy shooting another project. We had to write her out of this episode. That's kind of what it felt like. It's kind of like James Lee was like, I don't really have anything for Mara. That's what it seemed like. He didn't have any, any ideas for Mara, so... Or maybe he only had like one idea for Mara and he's saving it for the next book. Yeah. Like, my, my main issue, I think, with just the general premise of this book and probably the next book is, you know, this is obviously all about Han mm-hmm. and him mourning over Chewie's death. Yeah. Now, that is all well and good. And you that would is think, needed. Of course, yeah. we need that. But the, like, the, the issue in a meta way is the book dealt with it. Towards the end of Vector Prime after Chewie died. Mm-hmm. In a really good way. I mean, we yes. read a lot of that stuff on the show. If yeah, you haven't really listened to that episode. And it's we all agreed it was really well done. The next two books, Han's not in it. Chewie's death looms large, but we as the readers have moved on. Now yes. we're like, okay, this is the Star Wars universe without Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then after we've gotten over it, we're like, no, 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 Han's still sad. And we're like, oh, what? We're still on Chewie being dead? Yeah. Don't we want to move this story along by now? Yeah. So... I'm kind of like, oh, I'm kind of like, kind of sick of the Chewie being dead thing. I kind of want to move on with the story. Yeah. And yet, here's two books dedicated to it. Yeah. So that, in my opinion, yeah. if this was like the second of the Yuzhan Vong book, it might be more interesting. It, at least, like, it. I think the moment it kind of happens is a little uh, cheesy. But, like, Han gets put in the same situation Anakin was put in when it oh. comes to saving Chewie. It's kind of good how he nails it. Though. I mean, but it, kind it is, of is, but it's also like kind of. I, it almost to me felt like a cop out, where like, oh, did. now Han understands what Anakin went through because he's in the exact same situation. I think I even copied that portion because it was really like part of it was really like artfully done and really good, and then it was like. Han couldn't help but think of how Anakin must have felt when he was yeah. in that situation. It's like, oh, yeah. she's going to strip it away didn't, it all didn't need that. subjects. All nuance is gone, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like, hey, listener, get it? This is Now Han understands Anakin. <laughs> It'd be almost like at the end of Revenge of the Sith with the twin sons and um, like uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew looking over. If they looked at each other and said, do you think our son will ever look at these two uh, twin sons? And like, the only one way to find out. Yeah, it's Raise like, him right. Do you think someday Luke will look out at this sunset and realize yeah. that he's meant for something more and he longs for adventure? Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, like, you're probably right. And then they look at the camera and give a thumbs up. And then they like the Looney Tunes closing theme. Yeah, it's kind of what it was. Yeah, it's kind of what it was. Uh, so, yeah. do you want to move into characters? Let's move into characters. And this will... Again, the plot is not it's like the plot is someone comes up to han while han he's, is sad and han goes sad. off to be sad somewhere like please leave me alone yes. i want to be sad yes and I'm someone just gonna go fly around and be sad well but an old friend comes up to han and is like hey remember that other old friend we used to have i heard he's yes. working for the yuzhen vong now we need to investigate yeah. this and han's like okay i need to investigate cool this. i can go punch some people and release some testosterone yes yeah 
will be some and sadness. And that's, that's the whole plot of the book is yeah. Han trying to find a defector Han's sad. to the He Vong. wants revenge. Mm. And the Yuzhan Vong's main plan is, hey, we're going to send a spy. Yes. We're going to tell them that this is a defector from the Yuzhan Vong. We're going to infiltrate the Jedi Order, release this uh, spore that's going to kill yes, all the of same them. disease that Mara has. They're yes. going to release it with all the Jedi. With all the Jedi and kill them all. Yep. So in the front of these books, as we mentioned last time, and it's really nice. I wish they did it. First of all, bring back the timeline. Bring back the timeline. Timeline is great. Timeline great. Bring back the galaxy map. I love the nice galaxy love map. Love to see where everything is. And uh, bring back the Dramatis Personae. Personae. Shout out to MJ. Our fan, yeah. our friend, our Discord friend. Our mentor. Our mentor. In Latin. I asked people to tell me how to say Dramatis Personae. And there she was. And there she was. Telling us she, how to say it. She got into the Latin. She told us that where she's from, she probably says Personae, but where we're from, it would be more appropriate to say Dramatis Personae. She knows her language better than us. She does. She knows our language way better than we do. She says, now I would say it this way, but knowing your language better than you do, you should say it this way. <laughs> and I believe her. <laughs> yeah. She's always right. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's pretty great. Like at the beginning of a playbill, there's just a list of all the important characters mm-hmm. and their role in the story. So let's go through the characters and that'll kind of give us our rundown of the book. Yes. However, this will not be as long as the uh, last one because no. I think some of these did not necessarily deserve to make the Tyrannus Personae. Yeah. Nominor. Nominor. Executor. Yes. Male, Yuzhan Vong. I like Or him. executor, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> True. MJ, let us know. Is it an executor <laughs> or executor? Now, if it's the Pokemon, it's executor. If it's the starship, like the, the Star Destroyer. Then- yeah. Vader has it's it's executor. Yeah, that's, so, that's Vader ship. If it's someone who kills someone, it's executor. <laughs> that's true. So this might be anyway executor. Nominor. Nominor. Uh, he's all right. He's again. I don't think he has a huge presence in this book. He's one of our big baddies. Yes, he's got a presence overall throughout the whole thing. He's like your Captain Kennedy, I guess. If Captain Kennedy yeah. lived and was like a prominent background, who's like the guy um, throughout Empire? Veers. Veers. General Veers. He's like General Veers. Yeah, he's kind of your Veers. He's like, he, he will have a bigger role later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but for right now, he's just kind of one of the guys, but he's not the main bad guy. He's one of the one. guys. He's, he's just one of the boys. Yeah, he's just one of the buds. He's just <laughs> hanging back, having a cold one. Yeah. I don't know. So Nomenor, he doesn't do a whole lot in this one. He's bad. He's a Yuzhan Vong. He's bad. He's a Yuzhan Vong. Whatever. He's a guy. And he is one, he is one of the ones who like invaded the galaxy early. So he yes, I guess we should make a point. He it is said at some point that he is kind of the one who has devised the the plan, the attack plan of the Yuzhan Vong because he has been in this galaxy longer than any of the other Yuzhan Vong. He's been undercover as a human for a long time, and he kind of knows the inner workings of the galaxy better than anyone else in power amongst the Yuzhan Vong. So he. He is a, a a powerful figure who doesn't have a lot to do in this book. Yes. Um, very good. Keeping that train of whatever bad guys rolling, <laughs> Malik Carr with I two R's. I don't remember what he does in this book. Commander, Mel Yuzhan Vong. I mean, do you remember the commanders in the Empire? No. no. Yeah, that's kind of who this is. Yeah. This is the Admiral Piet to our- Yes, yes. To our General Veers. Yeah. He's a guy. He's a guy. He, he does. D- I don't remember a single thing he does. Here we go. Rack Dash. Mm. Peace Brigade mercenary male human. Now, 
let me pitch something to you. Yeah, I about Rec Dash. Yeah, I got my mitt. You want to know how to make me care about this person? Maybe and make and make this book uh, immediately ten times better. Does it involve changing his name? To Dash Rendar. Yep. You make this character. He he is Dash Rendar. Yes. Like this is a person from Han's past. Yes. Who is always kind of been on the edge. Who you know is a smuggler type. Who mm-hmm. has decided to assist the Yuzhen Vong because he sees a, an opportunity for money and power. Yeah. Make this character Dash Rendar. And what's so weird is this book in particular. I think is really good about like, hey, if we have a fun EU character, we can throw in there in the background. Just for like a nice Easter egg, we're gonna do it. Yeah. Why? Who is Rekdash? Who's Rekdash? He no does one not cares exist. About, no one cares about Rekdash. Do you need help? No. Okay. He does not exist prior to this book, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know of him. I don't. It's think possible so. he may, but yeah. maybe he was like a character from the old Han Solo books from the early '90s or something. I don't know, but like, he's not a huge yeah. character. Importantly, this is the man that Han is after. Mm-hmm. He. This is the defector to the Yuuzhan Vong. Yes. Working for the Peace Brigade. The Brigade is Peace Brigade. Brigade. Why is that a hard word it's to, hard say to say right now? Yep. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> when you have to think about it. Any word's hard to say when you have to think about Peace it. Peace Brigade. Peace Brigade. And my wife. He, my, brigade. my Brigade. Uh, so yeah. This is the guy Han wants to find. I mean, as a character, he, he really is just Dash Rendar. Yes. He has a really good line at some point, which is like, uh, credit scammed or twice as sweet as credits earned or something. Yeah. Like, he's like, he just loves the thrill of being a yes. bad guy. And I he loves like, being a smuggler. I think that would be, because people like Dash Rendar, yeah. but mostly ironically, like, yes. no one truly cares about Dash Rendar. I'm totally with you. If this so, is like, Dash, if, his, if his ending was dying in this book where he had become a traitor, like, well, that's yeah. a great ending for Dash Rendar. And, like, Rack Dash gets a lot of cool dialogue, and he's yes. kind of cool in this book. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so he's it's a shame he is not Dash Rindar. That's yeah. the change I would make. Rack is our MacGuffin. That's the thing that Han is- Sorry about all these noises in the background. My lovely wife went to the grocery for our family, and she's so great. And uh, Riley is just watching as she <laughs> to, to carries- be humo- <laughs> Now, I'm watching, too. To be fair, I did offer, and she said no. You did offer. Yeah. Maybe I'll leave that in just to prove that I did <laughs> offer to help with the groceries. Yeah, you did. You did. You, you, want, you want to have proof. You want to have receipts. Yep. Okay. Rekdash. Rekdash. MacGuffin of the book. Uh, here's a big one. Okay. Here's the conversation starts. Droma. Spacer. Male Rin. R Y N. A did species you, that I don't think existed prior to this book. Did you look up what a Rin looks like in R Y N? I did. They're monkeys. Yes. <laughs> they are monkeys. They have tails that they can use. I have problems with the Rin. Yeah? What tell me tell me about your problems with the Rin. Now Droma's a great character. Droma's Droma's actually I kinda like Droma. I love Droma. But yeah. Um I, I'll tell you what role Droma has in this book is uh Jensen from Iron Man One. Yes. He fills this trope that exists in media of the wise foreign man mm-hmm. who has all this uh, wit and wisdom for our white male character. Yeah, okay, that's a good call. And then is probably going to die. Yeah. And is after his family, too. Yeah. So he is that's very much call. like that. And Droma has all sorts of great dialogue. He's a really fun character. Mm-hmm. He ends up like kind of saving Han a little bit in this altercation they have with the Yuzhan Vong. Yeah. But they hate each other. Han finds them really annoying, and they're like, okay, we're going to split ways, never see you again. They end up meeting again. They have to work together, and they end yeah. up being best bros. Yes. 
the, and he kind of almost fills at the end of the book he's filling the Chewbacca role a little bit. Yes. Yeah, cuz he's a good pilot too. Yeah. And the end of the book really leads to this cliffhanger of like Drum was like my wife and kids are, you know, these refugees escaping from the Yuuzhan Vong and Han's yeah. like we're going to help you find your wife and kids. It kind of reminded me of the end of Aftermath where like Han goes off to help Chewie the, yeah. in the first Aftermath book where Han's like I yes. got to go help Chewie find yeah. his family. The last interlude of Aftermath, yes. right? Totally. So that's kind of that's kind of what the, happens at the end of this book. Luke's or Han's like I got to go help this this Droma find his family because I owe him. Yeah, so Droma's great. He yeah. is a Rin. He's this- a fun character. He is a fun character. Like, yeah. So, um, that is Droma, Han's new buddy. Yep. The interesting conversation about problematic aspects of this book (laughs) will continue as we get to the next character, Elon, or Ellen. I think it's Elon. Elon. It's Elon. Priestess, female Yuzhan Vong. So, Jacob. Yes, (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) We are introduced to, so far... Every single, without fail, every single Yuzhen Vong we've been introduced to in these books is male. True. Just and look at the dramatis persona. Every single one of them is male. We have not met a female Yuzhen Vong yet. And we should we should clarify, we're not saying male in like the postal service usually the word. No, we should clarify. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. This M-A-L-E. M-A-L-E. Um, now, Everything we know about the Yuzhen Vong is that they are like a warlike culture, very spiritual, not spiritual, very religious, not spiritual, mm-hmm. very religious, stuck to their traditions of what their religious, what, what their religions tell them to do. Um, they're very, they love violence, they love war, they love pain. So what about a uh, female Yuzhen Vong, the first one we meet? <laughs> how is she described in this book, Jacob? Um, well, it says that she's a strong. I keep calling you Jacob because someone has to get in trouble for this. <laughs> is so it me? Yeah, so I'm making you be the one in trouble. It says that she's a strong name. female character. <laughs> yeah, that's what it who, says. Who um, is, you know, individual. It doesn't really describe her looks at all. It just kind <laughs> no, of treats her as a human being. No, these uh, oh, wait a minute. ugly alien Yuzhen Vong that are described as like ugly. They're st- always described as being disgusting. They're bug disgusting guys. and ugly and gross and not uh, Elon. Not Elon. Elon. It's amazing that she is described as having like a striking beauty yeah. or something like Statuesque that. Statuesque at one point. She's yeah. described as. They definitely have to describe her breasts. <laughs> well, that um, does come up at some point. So, like, it's it's uh, it's a real shame that the first time we get a female Yuzhen Vong, they spend a full paragraph on what she physically looks like and how she is incredibly beautiful. Yes. And, but, well, you think, well, okay, so they have to go into detail. Maybe that's just a product of its time. We have to describe how women look. Yeah, sure. Surely that's going to be the only problematic thing about her personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Let's see how she's described. Um, <laughs> she is described as being trained to beguile and deceive or uh, mislead, like beguile and mislead. That is what her training is. She's like a spy. Do you think that what they're saying is that she's trained to be guile the street fighter character no okay. i don't think that's what they mean i think <laughs> okay. they mean that she's a woman character who is specifically good at lying and deceiving men because it says priestess yeah what it should say is like seductress that's exactly what it should say because yeah. that is how she is described she yeah is, she's it's a shame that she is just like a nothing she's a, yet, she's not, a walking stereotype what's interesting of. is that not much becomes of that like no 
it, she doesn't beguile she or doesn't, deceive anybody. No one is beguiled. No. She doesn't have to like sleep with anybody no. to get ahead. Everyone's just like, hey, whoa, she's really pretty. We should talk to her. Everyone, like even like the the men who meet her, like yeah, the, the human, human males who meet her describe her as beautiful. And, They're like, like, hey, I thought they were all ugly, but check out this section. Yeah. Let's uh, let's chat up this one here. Yeah. Yeah. I dare you to go talk to her, bro. <laughs> they say that at one point. They do say it. Uh, okay. So Elon, but but all that said, last she name is, Musk. Elon, Elon <laughs> Musk is her name. All that said, she is a, an unfortunate stereotype, and unfortunately doesn't get a whole lot of character. Yeah. But but I do like some of the things that she does. She is sent. She is the one who is sent to infect the Jedi with um. She's like it's kind of a neat thing. I guess she's like she has lungs that she has breathed this poison into her lungs. Yeah, she has the ability to like breathe things into her lungs yeah. and like excrete it without her herself dying. Right, but like she has like four lungs holding this breath, and uh, each yeah. so she's got like four chances to infect people with her breath. And I don't. It's uh, that's an interesting it's like confusing. alien. It's a little confusing, but it's an interesting alien thing. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is kind of cool and new that she's holding the poison within her body. So like, even if they search her, they won't be able to find it. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, she ends up. I mean, do we want to talk about like her arc throughout the book? Because um, like her whole point is to use her uh, beguiling <laughs> demeanor <laughs> to seduce her, her way into her the Jedi ways. order, yeah. so that she can yeah, get close to the Jedi and poison them all with yeah. her special lungs. Because it's worked really well on Mara so far. She's still alive, but she is in yeah. a super weakened state. <clears throat> Yeah, and it's unclear as to how exactly Mara was the only person to get this sickness. Like, well, they I think they mentioned she wasn't the only one to get it. She was the only Jedi to get it. Only Jedi to get it. Uh, because everyone else who's gotten it has died. Uh, She's the only one who has survived. I got a little confused disease. with the logistics yeah. of this. But, yeah. Um, so her whole thing is I got to get close to the, mm-hmm. to the Jedi. Uh, and an elaborate ruse takes place mm-hmm. to convince the... Uh, New Republic, that she is in fact a defector, yeah. and this is not a trap. Right. So, even like, though they do smartly, they do believe it's a trap. Like from yeah. the beginning, they're kind of like, we don't really trust this, but I, we're going to do it anyway. And I like that. I yeah. liked that they kind of called out exactly what's happening. They're like, right. well, the, that battle back there was too easy. Yeah. Uh, like, there's a battle for Ord Mantel mm-hmm. and the New Shout Republic. Shout out to Ord Mantel. Shout out to a return to Ord Mantel. <laughs> and the New Republic wins. More on Ord Mantel later, by the way. Yes. Um, New Republic wins, but it's too easy. And they're like, eh, this is suspicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, the Eugene Vaughn keep on devising more elaborate ways to convince the New Republic that this is true. Uh, eventually, this does lead to her getting, like, all the way close to getting to luke and mara and the jedi you know get wind of this they're like oh so apparently there's this defector that happens to know something about the sickness isn't that convenient they're very suspicious of it yeah but they're still going to meet with her like that's the plan yeah um and one thing i like i don't remember which one it is that says it it might be gavin darklord even though he's not a jedi but he Mm -hmm. says like um was like Luke's like it would be good for us to do this because it would gain us favor with the New Republic. Yeah, New Republic doesn't like the Jedi right now. It'd be good to do that. And Gavin's like, let's do it because we love Mara, not because the New Republic. Because screw yeah. those guys. But we gotta help Mara if we can. Yeah, and I like that. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Uh, <clears throat> Han is eventually the one who like susses her out and, and yeah, and realize that it's a trap. 
maybe she, we can yeah. get to when well, we'll, she dies a little later when we yeah, get to we'll Anakin. Get to yeah. Um, okay. Arar or Harar, priest male Yuzhan Vong. He is the main bad guy of this one. <clears throat> main baddie uh, again, har, kind har, har. of forgettable. Totally, like, this is like, your Christopher Eccleston of uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> of the series. He, he's the one who sends Ilan on her mission. Yeah, um, and that's about it. Like we cut back to him every once in a while, complaining that things aren't going right, but like. He doesn't. He doesn't have an active role in this one. He's not fighting against our heroes. He's kind of in the background, working the strings. Were we gonna read something? With yeah, I had the a. Beginning? I had a dramatic reading. So to set up this dramatic reading, the Yuzhan Vong at the very beginning have just captured this planet, and they capture one of the priests. Has um, his name Gotol, or is that his species? Species. That okay. is a species of Gotol. G O T A L. Yes. species are you? Harar asked in flawless basic. I am Gotol. Harar indicated the belted sackcloth. Your time befits a penitent moment, a scholar. Which are you? I am both, and I am neither. The Gotol said with purposeful ambiguity. I am a Hecate priest. Harar twisted spiritedly on the cushion to address his retinue. Good fortune. We have a holy one in our midst. His gaze returned to the Gotol. Tell me something of your religion, Hecate priest. What interest could you have in my beliefs? Ah, but I am too, a performer of rituals, as one priest to another then. Hmm. We can believe in the value of simple living. The Godo said plainly. Yes, but to what end? To ensure bountiful harvests? To escalate yourselves? To secure a place in the afterlife? No. Virtue is its own reward. Harara adopted a puzzled look. Your gods have said as much. It is simply our truth, one among many. One among many. And what of the truth that the Yuzhan Vong bring you? Ava, that you recognize our gods, and I may be inclined to spare your life. Godel stared at him dispassionately. Only a false god would thirst so for death and destruction. That is true. You fear death. I have no fear of death suffered for the cause of truth, the alleviation of suffering, or the abolishment evil. Suffering? Harar leaned menacingly toward him. Let me tell you of suffering, priest. Misery is the mainstay of life. Those who accept this truth understand that death is the release from suffering. That is why we go willingly to our deaths, for we are the resigned ones. He scanned the captives and raised his voice. We ask no more of you than we do of ourselves, to repay the gods for the sacrifices they endured in creating the cosmos. We offer flesh and blood so that their work might endure. Our gods demand no tribute, except good acts. Acts that raise palaces, Arar said in disdain. If this is all they expected of you, it is no wonder your gods have abandoned you in your time of need. We have not been abandoned. We still have the Jedi. Murmurs of fellowship moved throughout the throng of captives, reticently at first, then with mounting conviction. Ra regarded the disparate faces below him. The laborious and thin-lipped, the rugose and the smooth, the hairless and the hirsute, <laughs> the horned and the furrowed. In their home galaxy, the Yuzhan Vong had attempted to eradicate such diversity, prompting wars that had raged for millennia and had claimed the lives of peoples and worlds too numerous to count. This time, though, the Yuzhan Vong planned to be more circumspect, destroying only those peoples and worlds necessary to completing the cleansing. 
these Jedi are your gods? Rar asked at last. The Godal took a moment to answer. The Jedi Knights are the trustees of peace and justice. And this force I have heard about, how would you describe it? The Godal grinned faintly. It is something you will never touch. Although if I did not know better, I would swear you are something sprung from its dark side. Rar's interest was piqued. The force contains both light and dark. As do all things. And which are you with regard to us? Are you so sure you embody the light? Hmm. I know only what my heart teaches. Rar deliberated. Then this struggle is more than some petty war. This is a contest of gods, in which you and I are but mere instruments. The Godal held his head high. That may be. But the final judgment is already decided. Rar sneered. May that belief comfort you in your final hour, priest, which I assure you is close at hand. Agandhi addressed the multitudes. Up until now, your species have faced only the Yuzhan Vong warriors and politicians. As of today, knew that the true architects of your destiny have arrived. He beckoned his entourage forward. This force is a strange, stubborn faith. He said quietly, as one of his attendants came alongside the Dovan Basil cushion. If ever we're to rule here, we need to understand just how it binds these myriad beings together. And we need to vanquish the Jedi Knights once and for all. Hey. Hey, we did it. We did it. it I took like it. Well, because it took of me. a while. <laughs> you had a lot of reading there. Yeah, that's I did. true. I did not. I realized <laughs> that uh, he likes to use a lot of big words. That right there, though, is like a clear example <laughs> again of why Lucino does not always click with me. There's a lot yeah. of there's a lot of thesaurus searching going on during the writing of those paragraphs. That's right. Uh, so yeah, Arar is just he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy, but it but it it does it does give some insight into the Yuzhen Vong, which is why I like I liked that I noticed that that segment too, um, <clears throat> what they were like in their previous galaxy, how they kind of destroyed everybody but themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I like the idea that we get a little more insight into their religion that they believe their gods created the cosmos, they created everything, and. In order to pay them back for the gift of life, the Yuzhen Vong believe that they that the gods demand death from mm -hmm. certain things. Mm -hmm. it, it almost, I'm sneaking it in, sneaking it in here. Sneak it. It reminds me a little bit of some of the Elder Scrolls lore, <laughs> oh. <laughs> where they where m many of the species in the Elder Scrolls universe believe that they were created by the gods, and when the gods created them, they lost part of themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of the species there believe that they owe that back to the gods. That by by creating them, it has made the gods overall weaker. And I kind of got that same feeling from the Yuzhen Vong in these books that they believe that. By their very existence, the people they worship have become weaker, and I like that they think that the way to solve that is by to slowly send pieces of creation back to the gods where it belongs, mm. and that they deserve that. And by doing that, they reserve the right to stay alive. I, I kind of liked that. It is interesting. What I wanted to dwell on a little bit, because I think it's a good segment, I also think it's just indicative of like how far we have come and or fallen since... A new hope. Like this oh, is oh, yes. so oh, far yes. removed from anything George Lucas envisioned no, for Star Wars. Yes. Like two this priests is up fantasy now. of alien religions yeah. debating the gods. Like it's just it's so oh, yeah. 
Battlestar. It's so yes. not Star Wars. And yet, then you cut from this to Han Solo being a dashing smuggler. Yeah. And it kind of all works. It does. And which is why I think which is why I think Star Wars is is so great cuz you can tell I think you can tell any stor- story in Star Wars. Like you can tell the these religious philosophical battles through a Star Wars skin and it works really well in my opinion. Yeah, as long as you like reground it in that tone. Yeah. Of uh, fun mm-hmm. swashbuckling action, yes. it all yeah. ends up kind of feeling like Star Wars. So mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yeah, um, that was a that was a good section and a, and a highlight of the book to me is is yes. kind of the early Yuzhen Vong stuff where you get a little more insight into what they're doing here. Yeah, and and also how they say they they're changing it up this time, and maybe not everyone has to die. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's interesting. It's uh yeah okay now let's move on to okay. the, this next person. Belindy Kalenda, New I Republic Intelligence, female don't human. Know who this is? <laughs> I don't know who this is either. James Lucario. I think she shows up at the end of the book, like she's part of the discussions for about one minute. Yeah, I think like I wonder if maybe she's important in the next book. Oh, that makes sense. Because like sense. she kind of gets introduced at the end of this one, and it is just like here's someone named Belindy Kalenda. <laughs> uh, I'm saying so. it's like imagine if like. Corsella from The Force Awakens was like top build and you're yes. like wait a minute the person yes. who says nothing and it's blown up yeah yeah okay yep uh, n- and we can keep moving along this list pretty quickly because Raph Battletech-tician Mail Yuzhen Vong I don't know who that guy no is no clue who that person is um Roa captain Roa. of the Happy Dagger male human and this one uh this is just straight up Beckett from Solo, if Beckett yeah. hadn't been killed by Han okay. Solo. yep, you're right. This uh, is Beckett. This is Han's old mentor who helped mm-hmm. get him into the smuggling game. They did the castle run together. Yeah. Uh, it's just Beckett. That's Beckett. Beckett, so just imagine Woody Harrelson as we're talking about yep. Roa. And what do we have to say about Roa? Uh, he's fine. <laughs> yep. Yep. Sounds like Woody Harrelson There's a Solo. There's a good, uh, there's a good segment, though. Um, I, had a, I think I had a good segment with Roa. He, um... Yeah, he because he he ends up getting captured by the Yuzhen Vong, so Han is still holding out hope that Roa is out there somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I mean he's just kind of the one who he's the one who comes up to Han and says, "Hey, our old pal Wreck, our old pal Dash Rendar is um out on the loose and he's working for the Yuzhen Vong now. We got to go find him." Yeah. Um. So he meets up with old Captain Roa, mm-hmm. his old mentor. They go to Ord Mantell to search out Wreck Dash. Yep. The Dash Rendar that could have been. And Han is worried when they go to Ord Mantell. Now, once again, <laughs> to continue the theme brought forth in Young Jedi Knight's Return to Ord Mantell, Ord Mantell is described as an undistinguished sphere. Yep, great. <laughs> Amazing. Good. I can picture it in my mind so clearly. It's an incredible joke that they have going on that you just, you don't describe Ord Mantell. Nope. You describe it as uninteresting, normal, boring, like, it's incredible. <laughs> undistinguished. Now, if you want good. to know what Ord Mantell looks like, play the Old Republic in hey, MO because you, you can go to Ord Mantell. So I know what Ord Mantell looks like Or you can play mind. the train level in Shadow of the Empire. There you go. And it looks very different from the MMO. Does it? Yes. Does it look undistinguished in the MMO? Kind of, yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> it kind of does. It kept that it's kind going. of gray, and there it is. Also, fun thing, like a couple things get mentioned, like, right in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, Roa is a hard 
name to remember for me. Roa. Roa. So he mentions, like, in quick succession, he mentions Anubis, which is also from Return to Ora Mantell. Yeah. This is Anja Galandro's home planet mm-hmm. where, you know, Han and all the kids have to go to stop their civil war between the mountain dwellers and the farmers. What a bad book. Uh, it was not good, <laughs> but I was psyched to see Anubis. Yeah. See, isn't that fun? Oh, yes, I know. so much fun. I meant to, and, and there's plenty of more moments like this. Um, and then right after that, they start talking about Ormantel, and Han talks about how he was there for the Blockade Runners Derby, which is the plot of Return to Ormantel. So great. So I was I like, oh, it. man. Throw a little line in there and all make my us f- dumb nerds happy. It's great. All my friends are here. <laughs> so it was great. But there were Han is worried about being an Ormantel, because guess who else is on Ormantel? Hmm. His friggin' wife. His wife. Being yes. a something, an ambassador or something. I don't something. know why she's on Nord Mantel. What's her? Yeah, she's like negotiating. She's she's a dignitary. What yeah. do you call it? A, she's a ambassador. An emissary or something. Yeah. I don't know. So she's talking about, to the leaders of Nord Mantel, about all the refugees that they have, the refugee problem. Yeah. And he doesn't want to run into his wife. Right. So he's like, I got to use Oh, yeah. can I mention, he's probably not in the Dramatis Persona. C-3PO, really good in this book. A lot of good stuff. I a think lot he, of good 3PO stuff. Is he mentioned? You're, you're right. He's not in there. Yeah, but poor, poor guy. But we get a lot of stuff. his perspective, which you yeah. rarely get in Star Wars. In an interesting way. Like, you know how like C-3PO have to like talk to the ship sometimes? Yeah. Like, you get a whole chapter. Like, him like talking to a yeah. ship. It's really crazy. It's really... 3PO, I really enjoyed in this book. He's good. And I, I will say, as weird as it was in uh, Courtship of Princess Leia, that him and Han became best bros... <laughs> They call that out. They in do. This book. They mention. <laughs> they do. It. They mention stuff in courtship. And like when C three PO and Han reunite, like C three PO like falls into his arms. He's like, "Oh, things are making. You're yes. still alive." And like they're best buddies. He like I think at some point he mentions about like giving Han advice. Yeah. For like trying to get Leia. I yeah. Don't he's even, like my old I don't know man. if he mentions the song that he wrote. I don't think he mentions. I the think song. he does. Like he mentions that whole. He's like, song, oh yeah, yeah, he gave me some valuable advice one yes. time. Yeah. So, so funny. It's all coming together it here in New Jedi together. Order. Um. And so, this is important. Mm-hmm. Han decides, I have to use an alias. So if anybody asks, word will not get to Leia. Oh, I wish I could remember what this is before you say it. I'll I never forget. It. Okay, what is his alias? Roki Lamu. Roki Lamu. L-A-A-M-U. L-A-A-M-U. Or like L-A-A-F-U. Because <laughs> Roki Lamu is a bad name. Roki Lamu is not a great name. Now, incredibly, Lamu is the name of the planet from Rogue One where the Urso family is from at the beginning of the movie. Do you think? Yes, that's I know. That's a coincidence. That has to be <laughs> Has to be true. on purpose, right? Has to be, right? Yeah, that's um, funny. What a thing to call out. Roki. Roki. So all throughout the middle of this book, they do call everyone's Roki. calling Han Roki. Yep. I don't love it. Roki Depot. <laughs> That's what they should have called him. <laughs> Hopefully we get a nice review from Roki Depot this week. Uh, so yeah, Roa and Roa ends up kind of getting like sucked into a Yuzhan Vong ship. Butthole. Yeah. <laughs> kind of is. It's described as like a vacuum butthole. Yeah, he gets sucked into the butt. Yeah. And Han's like, oh no, I have to go plunge into the butt of the Yuzhan yep. Vong ship. And so yeah. I think the next book will involve him trying to save Roa. Something happens though. When Han and Roa are off doing their thing, is oh, this yeah. where we talk about it? Sure. The my, the fist pump yes, moment that I texted yes, yes. you about. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing real quick while you're looking yes. for that. Roa says something very interesting. He talks about the Rin. He says Rin. Roa said, identifying the species. I used to run into them occasionally on out of the way worlds in the Corsac, Essia, Nin, Matra Four. They're nomads. That is when they're not being hunted or enslaved. Chased from one place to the other. I made 
scapegoat for someone else's crimes and misdemeanors. They have a reputation for thievery and confidence games, but I've never had a problem with them. They work hard, just about any trade, from ship salvaging to jewelry making. And I'll tell you, Han, they perform the most exhilarating music you've ever heard. Music you can't help but dance to. I'm sure I could help myself, Han said. No, not even you could. I'm not talking about jizz or any new kind of music. I mean fiery, passionate music. So, <laughs> let's I'm address. I'm so sick of the word jizz. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm so sick Welcome of, to my life. I'm so sick of jizz music. Take a walk <laughs> in my books. shoes for a day. I Yes, they talk about 20-year-old jizz classics at one point. Which of course, is my nickname in uh, college. <laughs> I just can't believe I can't that this believe was allowed. It. I can't believe. This I understand happened. they're like, oh, it's like jazz, but we'll change one letter so it's sci-fi. Make it like Jaws. Yes, you know, Jaws. Or make it like jazz. No, jazz is not good either. Make it like I don't know what you change it to, but you change it to something. Yeah, why not? Uh, you know what? I'll say Baz uh, music. Like change the Baz. J to a B. Make it Baz music. Yeah. How about just call it jazz? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool too. It can be jazz in space. It can be jazz. Uh, we had jazz on our podcast for a while. It's true. Why not have jazz in space? So Roa and Han, I think it's around the same time where they're talking about, or where they're in this bar, yeah, talking about the, the twenty-year-old jazz music is what I'm <laughs> going to say. And this group of Trandoshans comes up to Han, lizard people, and start talking to him. And Han is still going under the alias of Roki right now, so they're trying to keep a low profile and everything. Uh, like, and, Thor's brother? And he's like, no, 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 Roki. Yeah, yes. So they're like, but they recognize Roa, so they're talking with Roa, and they're talking with Roki, a.k.a. Han, and everything, and um, turns out this Trandoshan recognizes Han so He says, I s- you you smell familiar, you Ooh, taste familiar. Great, I love it, because because and Han's lizards, racist, so he can't tell. Lizards, little serpents, they can stick their tongue out, and that's how they yeah. smell. So Boss can smell Han. Yeah. He can taste him with his little tongue. Turns out to be Bosk. It's Bosk. Oh, great. man. I love it. Your favorite. I love Bosk. The, the person the who should have been in Solo. The moment in Solo where they mention Bosk is like, that's how you make that a masterpiece, is yep. you add Bosk to that crew. You add Bosk. You trade in Monkey Boy for Boss. Trade in Monkey Boy for Boss. We have, talked about this on solo like, commentary. Have, here's what you do. Yeah. Here's how you make this movie a thousand times better. Sure you do. A movie that I like. Yeah. Now that we're talking about solo in our book episode. Why not? Replace Monkey Boy. Yep. Make it Boss. Make it Boss. Boss, not a good pilot. No, no, no. Which is why Han has to take over at some point. Yeah. I think because Boss is not a good pilot. And Bosk is the one who sold them out to Infus Nest, and that's how Infus there knows that they're there. Go. Then they like kick Bosk off the train. He survives because he's Bosk. It doesn't matter. Or you, he abandons them or he once abandons they get them the once stuff up there. there, and he yes. flies away. Yes. Infus, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what you do. You add a little Bosk in there. You get rid of Rio, who no one cares about, and it's great. Oh, man. Oh, man. I love Bosk. I like to sometimes think of a world without Rio Duran. I love to always think of a world with Bosk. Yeah. So you combine those two. <laughs> you got a nice stew going. Anyway, Bosk is in this book for a little bit. Bosk's in there. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Major Showalter. <laughs> Michael Showalter. Mike, Michael Showalter. Is in New Republic book. Intelligence Male Human. Moving on. Yeah. he uh, he's, he's. I give him a nope. Yeah. He's supposed to transport. Uh, Elon, and Musk. he does not do a great job. And he job. dies, so he whoops. dies like an idiot. Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, male human. Not much to do in this book. Doesn't keep, do a lot. I keep waiting for Luke's book. I feel like he has to get a book at some point. I'd love for Luke to have a book. He's not had a book yet. Luke and Mara are the weak point of this book for sure. And uh, 
it's so crazy how sidelined they get because yes. Mara's illness is the entire point. It is the driving factor. And yet, when they hear of it, like when Luke hears of a potential cure yeah. for this, you think, you would think. You would think. The the wordmeister himself, James Lucario, would want to really make a meal out of this. I mean, if he can describe a ship for four pages, he's going to really go through Luke's mental process. Yep. And all that happens is there's one sentence and Luke and Anakin exchange uneasy glances are like, could it be? Could it be? That's it. We should save her? What an idiot. Do we trust? Yeah. Not very good. Ugh. Felt bad. James Lucario. James Lucino. James Lucina. Come on. <laughs> um, Mara Jade, I mean, we Mara talked Jade, about. kind of the same thing as Luke. Like, not She much kind of gets cured, and let's talk about how. She kind or of do we gets, wait until we the wait, very last let's character? Let's wait to see how she gets cured. Because the last she, character is, She yeah. kind of, perhaps, maybe gets cured at the end of this book. Maybe temporary. Yeah. Like Batman said when he was asked if he was going to play nicely with others again. Yes. Um, Anakin Solo, Jedi Knight. I mean, he his role in this book is to give Han Solo a deus ex machina. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. He gives a little closure with Han's emotional problems. Yeah. One thing I will say that I, I thought was a strong point of this book, and sometimes we like to read into this as if it is canon, even though we know it's not. Uh, I feel like we get insight into why Han would not be a good dad to Ben. Yeah. Like, yeah, true. he calls Anakin kid. Yeah. Like, which is just how he refers to everybody. He doesn't have any kind of special relationship with his children. Mm-hmm. He's just like, all right, take it easy, kid. Yeah, he you never know? calls him son. He never calls him son. Um, So it's just Han very is not, cold. You can, I mean, if you watch the original trilogy, it's, it's very easy to see a world where Han Solo <laughs> is not a great dad. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. that is not his strong suit as a character. He's not a paternal figure. And I it, and it's e- very easy to make the jump to Han Solo never being a good paternal figure. Yeah. So every moment with them together is interesting. Han yeah. obviously kind of, you know, he doesn't want to admit it to himself. He blames Anakin mm-hmm. for Chewie's death, even though he's a complete ridiculous person for thinking that. Yeah, I mean, logic. If he thought about it logically, then obviously he would realize it was not Anakin's fault. It is the Yuzhen Vong's fault. But. Again, this is what makes Han Solo a character and a good character is that he does yes. not always think things logically. He's thinking about Chewbacca being dead. I forgot about a good segment. A good segment. Good segment. Are they in the book? <laughs> um, good Han stuff in this book. I, and this is one of my favorite little. There's a couple little passages that are good. And, and it doesn't need to be a dramatic reading because I just kind of want to skip around here. Okay. This is towards the beginning Han and Leia finally start talking about the elephant in the room. They, they're coming back from Chewie's funeral. Mm-hmm. They were, were very timely in scheduling that funeral, by the way, four we, books in. Yes, it, it's, they mentioned it's six months after Certain Padal. Not great. So six months later, they get a funeral. I would hope but, that my wife would give me a funeral like a couple weeks after. I yeah, well, I yeah. guess they've been busy. Yeah. Maybe. Guess we'll see what happens. I'm playing on Tom Sawyer in my own funeral. We should talk about the funeral after, like at some point. I guess. Also. Um, so, like... Han has been a real mopey son of a gun. Uh-huh. And Leia says, it says, Leia extended her hands to massage his shoulders. Eventually the heartache fades. Han's muscles bunched under her touch. That's the problem. The heartache fades. And he says, I'm losing him, Leia. He said despondently. I know he's dead, but I used to be able to feel him alongside me, just outside the edge of my vision. It's like if I turned quickly enough, I'd catch sight of him. I could hear him, too. Clear as day, laughing or complaining about something I'd done. I swear I've had conversations with him that were as real as this one. But something's changed. 
I have to think long and hard to really see him or hear him. You're getting on with your life, Han, Leia said softly. He laughed shortly. Getting on with my life? I don't think so. Not till I've found some way to make his death count for something. He saved Anakin, Leia reminded. That's not what I meant. I want the Yuzhan Vong to pay for what they did. So, like, he gets really childish about this. Mm-hmm. And he says some this, this amazing exchange happens. You know, Han's like, they have to pay. They have to pay. I gotta get revenge. Leia says, I can understand that coming from Anakin, Han, because he's young and hasn't figured things out. But please don't make me hear this from you. He shrugged out of her hold. What makes you think I know any more about life than Anakin does? She dropped her hands by her sides and stood up. That's something I hadn't considered, Han. <laughs> well, maybe you should, he rasped without turning around. I like that oh, a lot. It's good. That's good. It's really good. And, and yeah. in fact, later he says that Anakin may know more about life because he has the Force. Yeah. Um, he says that, like, you know, uh, these people that have the Force, they don't have to deal with emotions like us. Mm-hmm. And the part... I meant to read this part where he talks about, like, hokey religions. Mm-hmm. He talks about the Force again. I, I yeah. can't find the passage, but there's a really, really good part where Han, Luke, and Leia are all talking to each other. Luke's trying to calm Han down. And he says, like, you know, he tries to give him some mumbo jumbo of the Force. It's going to help him. Yeah. And Han's like... Maybe I was right all along. Maybe there's no such thing as the Force. And Luke's like, after everything you've seen, we've escaped so many scrapes because of the Force. And he's like, a lot more of our scrapes have involved guns than the Force. <laughs> he says something like that. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is, I like this idea that Han's kind of like. His identity is in question here. Yes. Like, he's questioning everything in his life up to this point. And again, if you want to count this as pseudo canon, you can see this being the sort of thing that leads him to going back to his former life as a smuggler, like we yeah. see him in Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And he clones Chewie, and that's why Chewie's. <laughs> that's why Chewie's there. Yeah, it's canon. That's canon. Uh, no, he he's got a he's got a lot of see. I in parts I agree with you about it being um, like the fourth book. Han should have maybe worked through this already mm, it's just that i don't care by this point I I, yeah okay i understand that but like in in book time it has been they make it clear it's been six months since certain padal mm-hmm. since chewie has died and so i guess like he mentions several times in front of like luke and in front of leia and in front of his kids about chewie being his best friend yes like he's not he's not scared to tell everyone else listen i Probably loved Chewie more than I loved any of you people. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and I don't necessarily think he's meaning it to, like, be cutting, but I have to imagine it kind of is cutting to the people who are still around, but it gives you insight into Han and how he's dealing with all this is that he really lost, like, a part of him. And so now, when that's starting to fade, when he can't picture Chewie as much as he could, which mm-hmm. happens to anyone, if, you, yeah. if everyone's lost someone, and there comes a certain point where you can't, see their face anymore as clearly mm-hmm. as you could. You can't hear their voice as, yeah. as clearly as you could. And that and that can be distressing if you're still going through the grief, which yeah. you probably are, but it's just our our stupid bodies are not great at retaining information like that, even when our emotions and our heart still feels things like that. So I kind of like that aspect of it that he is he's still feeling these things and can't get over it when everyone else is saying, just get over it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's totally it's totally fine. Like I like this idea for a book. I, I think it just feels like the pacing of this series has been odd so far. Maybe that should have been book where, two like, and three. Books two and three were yeah. so inconsequential. Yeah. And this is dealing with the immediate aftermath of Vector Prime. So this, like, maybe this, this should have should have been the second yeah, book. Maybe these should be two and three and I you think could, so. you could slot because yeah, you could really slot the other ones in after this. I think so. Yeah. I think that might be the main issue with it. Yeah. Um well, Han Solo is the next. We just talked about him. We just talked a lot about Leia Han. is, you know, not in the book a ton, and, no. but her stuff with Han's really great. They yeah. have a lot of really good dialogue exchanges, and, and like we said, they're very rocky at this point. They mm-hmm. they're not they're not the. Uh, I mean, th- again, if you want to think of this as a, a semi canon thing, you could see this leading into them being separated in the Force Awakens because they're not they're not seeing eye to eye in this book like they have in the past. Um, and obviously, they never see eye to eye. If you think of things like the courtship of Princess Leia, yeah, which does yeah. it, which does it poorly. This book does it well that they are not getting along and they're not seeing things. On, they're, they're not on the same page in this book. Yeah, he doesn't shoot her or kidnap her though, so that's good. That's good improvement over courtship. Yep. I just I, I found another weird thing about this book. We kind of skipped over Luke because he doesn't do too much, but yeah. a weird thing happens in this book where there's like a strange retcon. And I don't, I don't remember this. need for it to be there. I mean, it's not like retcon as so much as Luke is like... Retcon? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to do with him. Rec-con. Rec-convention. It's a convention for fans of rec <laughs> dash. The most obscure character of all time. <laughs> so, like, Luke is trying to calm Leia because Leia's like, he is totally gone off the deep end, this Han Solo character. <laughs> and Luke says... When Han and I first met, he had me convinced that he was as reckless as he pretends to be. But Obi-Wan said something I'll never forget. He said that there was more to Han than meets the eye, and that he had real substance beneath his callous front. He smiled in recollection and looked at Leia. Obi-Wan also said that only a special person would have a Wookiee for a companion, and that not just any Wookiee would be fond of roving the galaxy in the company of someone like Han. Yeah, I think I remember this happening. After they meet Han Solo in the cantina and they're walking to Docking Bay 94, I, I remember Obi-Wan saying yeah. all, all of this. this is very long, protracted conversation between the two of them. That's really stupid. Yeah, I don't love this. That doesn't... Why Why did it have to be Obi-Wan? It feels like the everything in the spaceport takes place mostly in real time. Yeah, I don't, it does, 100%. Yeah. There is no time for Obi-Wan to say this. He could say it, I guess, while they're waiting for Han to get there while he's shooting Greedo, uh, but it's like... Wh- this isn't that great of a line that you have to insist that it happened during anyway. Oh, Obi-Wan did not have to say that. It could have been anybody who said that. It didn't really sound like no. Obi-Wan. <laughs> I'll always remember the time Obi-Wan said, well, that Han Solo is totally radical and I love him, bro. Beneath that callous front. <laughs> and his Wookiee's a real special guy. Yeah, anyone who would be friends with a Wookiee <laughs> has to be great. Uh, another uh, nope is... T'Law, Commander Male, Yuzhen Vong. Who? T'Law. T'Law La Land. I don't know this person. I don't know. He had, he had low T'Law. Mm, low T'Law. Uh, last, but certainly not least. Mm, here we go. Vigair. Vigair. Elon's familiar. I always called her... Female. Ver- I always, Bosch. Bosch. I always called her Vergier when I was reading the books, but apparently it's Vigair. I, I think it's supposed to be kind books. of French. Vigair. 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 And She's a fosh. Is, uh, yeah. She has a beak. She's fosh spice. <laughs> <laughs> She's bird-like. Yes. Her legs are backwards. 
Okay. <laughs> That's they say that a couple times, like when they disguise her, they have to hide her legs because yeah. her her knees go the other way. They have to give her like Sherlock Holmes hats, but in shoe form. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Uh, so what are your thoughts on Verger? I think let's coming cut... into this book not knowing who she is. Well, I'm confused by okay. everything about Verger. Yes, it is described a couple of times that she is Elan's pet. Pet, yes. But then Elan was says, "No, not 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 my pet, my familiar." Now, yeah. I believe that means that they're like partners, not like. Partners, partners like familiar relations no 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 no. a familiar is like um the when i see it mostly is in like games where you can conjure a familiar like with magic or something oh, like that is how i've always seen like a it. spirit animal or kind something of, yes kind of like that the mascot as some people call her no verger i think is just i think pet is a more apt description or maybe started as a pet and yet maybe verger she's has, the blade and uh elan is the aegis we get Sure. To I don't... use Xenoblade. Oh, yeah. Obviously, mythology. Xenoblade. Yes. That's exactly what it is. That's right. Um, Verger starts out as a pet and as a secondary person to Elon, but I think by the end of the book, you kind of get the impression that maybe Verger has had an ear, has had Elon's ear, and has maybe influenced her more than the other way around. Yeah, Verger is clearly the brains of the operation. Yes, very and much. And what is very weird about Verger yeah. is that her tears mm-hmm. are able to heal wounds and systemic diseases yes <laughs> so like elon <laughs> dies but verger gives the jedi like a vial of her tears for mara yeah for mara and she drinks the liberal tears no, i'm just kidding <laughs> okay i'll <got> that <laughs> i kind of like it i kind of wanted yeah, to stay okay. in <sighs> she drinks fanboy tears uh-huh um and she becomes better by drinking the tears. Uh-huh. Yeah. Magic tears. Yeah. Uh, Verger How is, strange. She kind of sabotages Ilan at the end. Yes. Right? Like, I feel like she's... Isn't she part of... Um, I feel like she betrays Ilan at the end. A little bit. A little bit. And But she goes Because she actually helps the Jedi. Right. Yeah. She, she doesn't want to... Um, she doesn't want the Jedi to be sick and die. Once she finds right. out that there are Jedi around, she she mentions at a couple points because the the Republic is thinking that she is someone from the Yuzhen Vong's universe, right? But she makes it clear at some point that she is from the known galaxy. Her species has just kind of become forgotten. Yeah, one of the she mentions like one of the at one point she's like one of the species that has been kind of trampled underneath the human explosion in the mm. galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which I kind of like, because I always like it when Star Wars gets called out for being too human-y. Because um, I bring more aliens, please. Yes. Um, but, so she she says a couple interesting things in this book that I think we need to keep in mind as we go forward. Okay, cool. Because I know a lot about Vergeer. I like her a lot. Um, I've seen, like, her in comic. I've seen, like, pictures of Vergeer before. Yeah, she's so, like, like a I bird person. A rainbow generally bird. Generally this was, yeah. yes. She, um... She's surprised to find that there are so few Jedi. Yeah, she's interested in this fact. Which is an interesting thing to know about her, about maybe when she was last in the known galaxy. Yeah. Um, and she, Han notices that she has a moment of recognition when he mentions Luke Skywalker's name. Mm-hmm. When put together with the fact that she's surprised there are so few Jedi, yeah. leads to some interesting things that we might be able to infer about Verger that she knows the name Skywalker 
and yet is surprised that there are so few Jedi. So I like the little hints we get about Vergeir. She starts out as a pet and as a nobody, and by the end of the book, you're like, oh, this might be... She's like Rook from uh, yeah. Thrawn Trilogy. Yeah, You think of. she's just going to be a background character. And, and it's like, kind nope. of turns out to be Kills an important her. person. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe that's Vergare's... Maybe she's the Rook of this series. Maybe she'll kill Pelion. <laughs> yeah, she's going to kill Pelion. Um, although I, think, I do think Pelion dies in this series. I think he does. I Did he already die in the right. last one? I don't think so. No, he survived the Okay. Ending. They left kind of amicably the new Jedi Order, or the new Republic... Oh, by the way, one of the planets that I think the um, Imperial Remnant is in charge of is Merker, which is the mm-hmm. planet that they go to in Shadow of the Empire. Not Shadow. Um, uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Oh. And no, in Merker, Solo. No, no, no. Merker, you're thinking of something different then. Merker is no. the one where the Isilamari are. Isilamiri. 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 Oh, half my life. You're right. I don't know which one you're talking about. <sighs> the mud planet. I can't think of this it. This is why we need wikipedia attached to our books oh my god this is why i try to tell the people at harper collins to invent this (laughs) we've told them they won't listen to us yeah well anyway i don't know what planet it is yeah i don't know either mimbin mimbin that's what it is we couldn't have ended the podcast without me thinking of that okay (laughs) okay and uh Uh, so yeah for gary keep your eye on her i like her one other last we've seen of her no and one interesting thing I notice is like one cool thing is the Yuzhan Vong. It's been established earlier. The Jedi aren't able to use the Force against Yuzhan Vong. Mm-hmm. Doesn't come up too much in this one because it's all about Han Solo. But we get the Vong's perspective on this. They are just now learning through their you know raids of all these planets about the Jedi, about the Force, uh, and they don't know that the Jedi can't sense them with the Force. Right. And in fact, they are interested in like, well, we should probably figure out how to use yeah, the force. I like that part. That and the part. most interesting thing, the most tantalizing thing that I really hope becomes a part of this series is they're, they're getting all this information like, well, yeah, there's this light side and the dark side. And uh, the enemy of the Jedi is the Sith. And so Arar is like, oh, so maybe we do have allies in the galaxy. Mm, interesting. So they might be looking for some Sith. Interesting. Yes. So I was... Boy, I just want to talk about... There's a lot of... More of these books. <laughs> I don't want to spoil things don't for you. Don't spoil things I'm for me. I'm not going to spoil things for you. Thank you. So there's all these like nice little breadcrumbs. And hopefully the next one, much like you know, the second Michael Stackpole book was a lot better than the yes. first one. Yeah, I'm hoping the next one Because clearly it should have only been one freaking book. That's what these kind of feel like. I'm wondering if like... He, they were, I don't know if they just wanted more or if he, there was just a lot of superfluous stuff that he didn't want to cut. And he's like, I need to make this too. It's it's weird because if you look, there are like four canceled duologies in this series. Like yeah. they cancel a lot of books. Because they I, originally tried to get 30, I 30. think. Yeah. So I, I don't know if it's because they were like, eh, Vector Prime got some backlash um, people aren't as psyched about this as we thought they would be, so we can't sustain it for 30 books. <laughs> 19, clearly very sustainable for a book series. Obviously. We can obviously meet that goal. <laughs> um, I think what's more likely is they realize there's not enough story here for this. Yeah. Uh, if we want to keep people interested, we need to move it along. I think this could be a, so far, I think we could be on the third book very easily. Imagine and if there were 30 week. books. Yeah. <sighs> I know. We, we wouldn't be doing this, say that. Well, absolutely, we would. Yeah, we would. We would. <laughs> you don't even we'd act be, like we e- We'd be doing it even harder. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, this book, I don't know. Give me uh, a rating from... I'll give you the, oh, wait a minute. We missed a big part of this book. What did we miss? Because I think this book starts out on the strongest note that a book can possibly start out Okay, on. please. I'm going to read you the very first page. Page oh, one. Okay, I know I'm what's thinking, happening here. I know I'm thinking this here. is going to be a great book. Yeah. 
for my young son Jake in the New Jedi Order. Yeah, there's the dedication. So it's dedicated to me, and I found out that my dad is your James Lucino. Your dad wrote this book. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And he's not that great of a writer. You've said a lot of bad things about your dad tonight. <laughs> yeah. What else is new, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dad, I didn't love your book. Um, yeah. From the year 2000. From the year 2000. Year's trial. I'd say how you improve this book is you make Elon an actual defector. Like, yes. I have been a little disturbed by the fact that the Yuzhan Vong seem to all be bad guys. And yes. it's like. They are all working it, towards this common goal. No yeah, dissension. And they're really. You know, the dialogue's really stilted. They're real boring. There's not a lot of depth there. This is, this is no spoilers because I don't know for sure. But I think. As it goes on, we finally we get some other perspectives in the Vong. Like there are okay. some. There, I think, eventually there are some that um, are are not okay with everything. That, that, okay. That so anyway, my rating of this book. Give me a scale. I'm gonna give you a scale of. Um, we need to find a constant for this series. Gosh darn it! Let's well, figure it out right boring. now. How many Dovin basils out of uh, <laughs> Villop? <laughs> well, we could also do that. No, I, give me a scale. Jacob, this is your podcast today. <laughs> I keep calling you Jacob. Rude. Today. Yeah, I don't love you calling me Jacob. Either. I don't know why I'm doing that. I feel like I'm in that. trouble. I don't know why I'm doing that today. Um, no, but I think it would be good to use a consistent scale. So okay. we have a, I think we should do like three, like a three point system. Like okay. bad, medium, and good, right? Like, but we need mm-hmm. a fun way to say it. Bad, medium, I'm, and sometimes I, there's going to be a secret fourth. Secret fourth, which is, which is perfect. A plus. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's only going to be a couple perfect, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, so I will give- Vong I will give to this wrong. one- Read it from Vong to wrong. Vong to wrong. Oh, boy. Medium is long. The book's too long. <laughs> Book is too long. This is too long. Um, I, I'm forgetting everything you said, so I'm just going to say out, out of a one to three scale- Yeah, give it one to three. I'm probably going to give this one a two. Because we've talked about, the more we've talked about it, the yeah. more I've come to like certain it's parts of it. It's not outright bad. Yeah. This is not courtship. Vector Prime was a definite three. Definite three. Uh, the we, second one was probably a, a low two, maybe a one. Yeah, we haven't gotten a lot of threes. We haven't gotten a lot of threes. We've gotten Vector Prime was a three so far. Yeah. Uh, I might give the last one a three. Ruin. I liked that one a lot. I would give Ruin. De- De- Ruin's definitely a two for me. It might be a three. This one is a two. <laughs> two plus? Two. <laughs> this is a two minus? This is a two minus. <laughs> <laughs> Our scale is becoming a one through five scale, but that's okay. <laughs> no, this no, no, no. It's not. It's one <laughs> it's, to three, it's one but three. there's pluses and minuses. <laughs> this, is like a two, this, this is a two minus. I like this scale. Two okay. minus. Okay. I agree Let's, with two minus. You know we're going to forget that we did this next time, right? I'm going to try to remember. Gonna, okay. I'm going to try to remember. <laughs> Uh, good deal. Well, if you like Good this deal. episode, um, I mean, if you wanted to read the next one, I think it is Jedi Eclipse, Agents of Chaos 2, Jedi Eclipse. Okay. So Jedi you can Eclipse. read along with us if you want. That's I would cool. recommend just- That's a cool name, Jedi Eclipse. Good name. Yeah. Uh, and I think the one after that's called like Balance Point. All sounding like Balance. exciting things are going <gasps> to happen. Balance Point, I think, will be our first one written by a woman. I'm, yes, it I'm is. I'm pretty sure that was written by Kathy Tears, Tires. Top Tears? I don't know how to say her last name. Kathy Tires. Tires, yeah. So, okay, I'm excited to get to that one. But first, oh, we have man. to get through Agents of Chaos. I too. hope it's a three plus. <laughs> I, I hope so, too. I only know of one four so far. Yeah. There's yep. the three plus, and then there's four, obviously. There's the obvious. Yeah. I mean, Trader is being that's, talked up like it's a four I mean, that's plus. Gonna be a, that's going to be a four, <laughs> four plus nine. It's so great. It's going to be 13. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway. Did I start this one? 
I don't remember. I think I did, actually. Okay, go for it. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Email us. It's all Grandma talking. Rate, rate us on Twitter. Rate us on Twitter. Personally. Tweet us on iTunes. Yep. Uh, send us a personal email at Hobbs is the cutest cat at cutecat.com. Oh, look at that little boy. He's got such a fat belly. Oh, come down. He's a big boy. Hey, don't be prejudiced against people with fat bellies because I'm sitting right here. <laughs> and this has been Delicately Curative Long Form Discussion of the International Love of Star Wars Saga, tailored to the modern fanatic, brought to you lovingly in weekly increments by the questions and the voices of your host, Riley. Oh, he didn't meow. I was trying to get him to meow and he didn't do it. Say something, Hobbs. Nope. He's not going to do it. Hobbs. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Jake. And me, Jake. <laughs> Say something, Jacob. Are you one of the people that rented it from Libby that prevented me from renting it from Libby? <laughs> <laughs> I think I am. <laughs> I do have it on right. Libby right now. I was like, how many people in the world could possibly be reading this book at the same time? <laughs> We're going to constantly fight this whole time, the two of us, which one can get it on <laughs> Libby first. I have the next, like, this one, the next one, and the next one in physical form. Okay. So I'll be fine. Yeah. So you're good. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that there was only two available in our area. Although, maybe I'm it's using... listeners reading along with us. Maybe. Oh, interesting. It's, it's probably uh, Dallas. It's probably Dallas. He stole this book from the library. Your attire befits a penitent more than a scholar. So let me read this again. <laughs> Your attire befits a, per- a penitent. Off. 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 The transport gullet's diaphanous seal. No, yeah, I like, yeah, it's yeah. stuff like that that I'm just like, stuff come like on. That. He, like, broke out his old college anatomy textbook and was like, ooh, I can use all these digestive system Mm, words. Diaphanous. I got to add diaphanous in there somewhere. (laughs) Diaphanous is so good. (laughs) Misery is the main... Sorry, I will say that again. Misery is the... (laughs) 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 And which do you... And which are you with to the guy? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.